You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Erica. And I'm Kelsey. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink, and stay a while. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. So today's episode is all about personal policies. Maybe those things big and small that you just always or never do as a general rule and as something you've pretty consciously made a choice about. So this is related to boundaries, which are my favorite. I think it's one of your superpowers. I I do enjoy a boundary. Um, (laughs) And it's kind of related to saying no, but it's also about choosing how you will approach something ahead of time so you don't have to decide every single time it comes up or debate. Um, It's just really more about knowing yourself and what works for you and sticking to it. So first off, let's talk about why we even need some personal policies. What are the benefits to even having them? Let's preach for a minute. Okay. Well, just as you alluded to, I think it's really about identifying your values, both big and small, and helping ensure that you live them out, kind of giving you like guide rails even. I think a personal policy can also be this objective as in not emotional thing Mm -hmm. that can help you make the best decision for yourself, especially in those situations that could get emotional or that have like deal with other people, or you might suddenly find yourself in a situation or put on the spot and you can fall back on this personal policy because you've already decided. I think it really helps you avoid the unfun situation of agreeing to do something that you don't actually want to do. We've all found ourselves in that situation. And finally, I think it's just another great example of a high five to your future self, which you know we love. We do love a high five to our future selves. Here's the thing. It's like, the for those of you who don't follow the lazy genius, Kendra Adachi already, mm-hmm. get over there. Pause this podcast. Go get yes, over there. Yes, agree. Um, but she has this principle of deciding once. Mm-hmm. So deci- it helps you. It frees up so much mental space when you can decide once how you're going to handle a situation. And here's the deal what is your policy around that topic may change and then you can make a new policy. But you decide once and then you don't have this internal debate going on every single time it comes up. Or like you said, you don't get caught off guard saying yes to something because you feel pressured in the moment Mm -hmm. and you didn't actually want to do that or it doesn't align with how you want to live your life. And I think like as women, especially, I'm so passionate about this. If you follow me over on Instagram, I'm there like preaching about this weekly. (laughs) Like as women, we are often conditioned to be indecisive as a way of being polite. Do you Mm -hmm. notice this? Mm -hmm. And always be deferring to other people, even when we have a strong opinion about something Mm -hmm. um, or to feel like we can't say no without a really good reason. Right. Yes, that's a great one. And so a personal policy gives you that reason. If you're someone who struggles with saying no, I feel like deciding for yourself, it, it gives you like, it's like mom to blame about why you can't go to a sleepover. It kind of gives mm-hmm. you this like, oh, we just don't do that, you know? Right. Um, and it gives you that good reason because no is actually a complete sentence, but it feels like mm-hmm. it gives you a little more something that you've been thoughtful about. Um, and I just think it's actually boundaries are not just about you and like isolating yourself in a bubble. Boundaries are actually very fair and kind and clear to other people. That's such a good point. They can then know what to expect from you and what not to. They're not getting their feelings hurt, you know, because you back out of a commitment or, you know, maybe every Christmas, for example, it's up for debate where everything's happening. Mm -hmm. And if it's just like, nope, this is just what we do for Christmas. It's not like a personal decision every single time. It's just, this is what we've decided. So I think that, uh, that not having good boundaries is actually kind of unkind to the people around you. Mm. So... I think that's a great point. Okay. So I think an easy place to start thinking about this is personal policies around things you don't do. So this is my favorite. So what are some personal policies you have in place about things you just do not do? Okay. I'm going to start off with a pretty minor one, but I feel very passionate about it. Mm -hmm. I don't cut the crusts off sandwiches. Preach. Let me let me say a bit more about this. First of all, just know I've already made you a sandwich. <laughs> I will just cut it know. in half. I will cut it in half so you can eat from the middle and leave the crusts. Yep. That is where I will compromise. Mm-hmm. This has even come up back in the days when we had little friends over and I would be making lunch mm-hmm. and they would say, oh, can you cut the crusts off? Nope. And I just say, oh, I don't cut the crust off sandwiches, but I can cut it in half for you and you don't have to eat the crusts. I love I it. I just love it. Even the little friends, I'm like, oh no, we don't do that at our house. Nope. 
<laughs> just a policy. I, I think that this comes from, I mean, a couple of places. First of all, just the already being such a short order cook for kids mm-hmm. and just doing that extra thing. But then I think I also just have this fear that like cutting the crust off sandwiches, which just feels totally irrational to me, just like opens the door to these other irrational food requests that totally. just will one after the other. Totally. So because kids will I'm, ask you to do all kinds of crazy things with their They food. sure will. So <laughs> not willing to do it. I love this. I love this so hard. Um, okay. Similarly, this is even, I'm taking that a step further. Okay. And I was thinking about this and I was like, wow, I really do stick to my guns on this. I do not clean up after my kids. Mm. I just don't. Okay. Now, I will say, number one, I got my kids at ages that they could already start helping me clean up. They could help mm-hmm. put away their toys. They they have all, it has been the expectation always that right. they are at least helping clean up. They don't, they do not get to walk away from a mess, even at one in three, when they first came into our Mm -hmm. lives or, you know, almost two. Yep. They do not get to just walk away from a mess that I am left to clean up at nighttime. Mm -hmm. Now, do Mm -hmm. I generally clean up the entire house after the wear and you know, I do, I clean up in the sense of like, yes, I clean the bathroom that everybody uses, but I do not, I mean, I will call them from upstairs to come get something Mm -hmm. that they left downstairs. They are under no illusions that mom cleans up after them. And I actually like, I find myself having a real big reaction when I watch, like I'll watch some of these like YouTube um, clean with me, like kind of motivation mm-hmm. videos, you know, mm-hmm. and they're first cleaning up all their children's toys and, and not oh. small children. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. That is a step you don't have to do. Turns out you could just have a <laughs> policy. And, and I'm not like, harping on them all day the result of that is that they actually do clean up after themselves because they know it's not happening I'm not going to do it so that is I'm giving everyone permission and I think I think something that happens is like when people have kids the traditional way you have them from this time that they are so incapable yes that you just get in the habit of like you do physically Mm -hmm. have to clean up after them until they're like Mm -hmm. two and so I just never got in that habit and turns out if you don't get in that habit, they can actually clean up after themselves. So there you go. There we go. And can I say, as a side note, did not know that cleaning motivational videos was a genre of content. It so, is. And it's it's quite nice. If you're feeling real okay. lazy and you're like, okay, I'm going to give myself 20 more minutes and then I'm yeah. getting off this couch. Turn one of those on. You watch somebody it, else clean. It is. I get so, that because I, I can like reading about cleaning. Yeah. So I get that. Will you like send me, uh, send me a link to a favorite? I'll put it in the show notes so people can get started. Mm-hmm. Okay. My next one. I do not make donations to people or organizations who ring my doorbell or approach me with a clipboard. Nope. That's annoying. Nope. Um, A few reasons, I guess a few, many reasons, but I just, you know, you can end up feeling so pressured in the situation and depending on the personality and demeanor of the person be made to feel really guilty when they just all of a sudden interrupt what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really common to or used to be anyway at our library. Uh. And it's like, I'm just trying to go to the library and suddenly I'm getting, you know, cut off by someone with a clipboard. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they're from organizations where it's like, I've never heard of this organization. I want to believe in the best of people, but I don't want to give you my credit card number. Is this even a legitimate organization? (laughs) So I want to make thoughtful decisions about who we donate to. And I want to do that from the comfort and security of my own home. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And in this day and age, honestly, I think it's a next level of aggressive because we, Mm -hmm. we can do so much to reach out online Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, marketing. And I feel for these small nonprofits and things that, that have to work so hard to raise funds, but like there's another way now. So let's use that. (laughs) And I will say like, there is a difference between maybe like at an event or even at the library, if people are sitting nicely behind a table with some information Mm -hmm. and they might say, Hey, can I share some information with you? And if I walk over, that's very different than someone like cutting me off and like, Hey, I need to tell you about this important thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just not starting the conversation off on the right foot. So just no. Agreed. Um, Okay. Here's another one. I, this one I've talked about before, so I'm not going to say a ton about it, but I do not do kids' birthday parties, like go to Mm -hmm. them unless Mm -hmm. it is like family, like nieces or whatever, or 
real close friends. Like we're close to the family. Even then I, it's really like, Hey, we have nothing else going on this weekend. I will say yes. But mm-hmm. we, with all the little birthday party invitations that used to come home, it's just a, Nope, we don't do that. Just a default. Just no. default. No. And it feels real good. And my kids are mm-hmm. not suffering as a result. I promise. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> my next one is more of a family policy. We do not participate in any kind of selling or soliciting donations on behalf of our kids, like the, the, the school selling, all, all of that stuff. It just, from my personal opinion, like my experience, people are just already bombarded with so many requests for donating, sometimes people ringing the doorbell mm. or cutting you off with the clipboard, as I mentioned, <laughs> or like to buy things. I have personally just always felt awkward and uncomfortable asking for donations. Like even back when I was a Girl Scout having to sell cookies, it did not enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will happily write a check to the school, to the organization that is requesting the money, like, or that otherwise my kids would be involved, with, you know, at school, there's like the kids heart challenge. They want you to ask all of your friends and family. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nope, we'll just, we'll I'll just write just a check write for a that. Check. Yep. And we talked to the boys about this because I will say this can be hard because, you know, of course, the, the, the kids can get sold on all the things that they can earn, all the little trinkets and Which whatnot. Which just feels so yucky too, doesn't it? It, it does a little I bit. I, I have like to admit. I have to admit. So, so that is tricky with the kids, but we just try to be really consistent saying, you know, as a family, we've decided we don't want to spend our time trying to sell things, but we do support this. And so I usually try to at least you know, write a check so they can at least get the, like the, the minimum, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, at least the minimum of whatever it is and just kind of being thoughtful about, okay, we're going to support the school in this way. Honestly, I would rather just write a check to my school rather than to some other organization. So it's taking a cut. I exactly. Yeah. And I, I have found in general that having policies around certain of these things for kids helps so Mm -hmm. much. Mm-hmm. because they just know what to expect. Like kids are super big on like consistent expectations. So just yeah. having like a rule, I mean, my kids, it's to the funny point where they'll be like, they'll get a birthday invitation and they're like, mm, nope, you don't know their mom. We're not going. And they just <laughs> like throw it away. <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> okay, another one. Um, and these are some more like philosophical ones, I guess. I guess I refuse categorically refuse to feel one ounce of mom guilt about spending time alone or with other adults away from my kids. Oh, I love that. I absolutely yep. refuse. I have always rejected it. I think that it is super important to do actually. And I think mom guilt is a load of BS that we are culturally handed to us mm-hmm. because there is no such phrase as dad guilt. Mm-hmm. And so I have just decided, and, and it's actually obnoxious to me as kind of a problem of privilege because there are moms who are literally worried about feeding your kids and you are wringing, right. wringing your hands about your once a month girls night out and it's just not okay with me. Mm. So I refuse and I think you have permission to refuse as a personal policy as well. <laughs> I love that. Love it. Okay, that's all that I wrote down, but I think that you have some more. So preach to me, Erica. I do. Okay, this is another one that I, I come back to as a benchmark, and I even need to remind myself of this. So it's just something I keep in mind. If obligation is the only reason I can nail down that I'm doing a thing, that is a red flag to me that I should not be doing it. I love that. I mean, because really anything else, even not fun things like cleaning the toilet. It's not just obligation. It's sanitary. Like I can, I can name other reasons, right? Because a lot of people, when I talk about stuff like this, a lot of people are like, well, there's all kinds of things I I just do because I'm obligated to, but, Mm. but yeah, like taking your kids to the doctor. Well, no, that's about loving your kids and taking care of them. That's not obligation. But if truly the only reason you are doing something is because you feel obligated to either as a part of a community, like this is what school moms do Mm -hmm. or, or because someone else is making you feel obligated to do that thing, mm-hmm. you do not have to own that and you do not have to do it. So that is my policy around that. <laughs> you're so amazing at this and you're so amazing at articulating it and being able to live that out. And I just think so many, I know we hear from so many people, so mm-hmm. many moms, so many women that just so appreciate hearing that. I think we can't hear it enough. I think so too. I think it's like what I was put on the earth to do is to tell other moms <laughs> I love it. that they can I say love no. It. Um, I love that. Another one is I 
don't share details of my kids' adoption stories before or specifically their birth stories and their mm-hmm. birth family stories before they came to us publicly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. some things might have come up in like a private conversation with close friends and family, but I won't ever, I have never, and I won't ever share details of their life before they came to us publicly mm-hmm. because that is just their story mm-hmm. um, to share if and when they want to. And I don't think it's fair that general public understands more about their life before us than they do than they're mm-hmm. even capable to yet. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. That sounds so respectful. So that's just kind of a, that's, it's something that's tricky because people are curious naturally mm-hmm. when you form your family in a right. m- less traditional way. So it's something right. I have actually had to come back to. And I'm just kind of an oversharer. Like I just mm-hmm. like to share. Right. And so I've had to actually be strict with myself about that and like set that as a rule or else I would mm-hmm. just be like, well, this is an interesting story without thinking right. about, you know, the consequences. Right. Yep. Okay. Kind of, I will say kind of related to that. And I don't know if I've really thought too much about it being a really personal policy. And I know you think about this too, but just in thinking about how we share about our kids on social media, even on this podcast, um, you know, and especially just as they're getting older and it's starting to be, um, almost equal their story and Mm -hmm. my story, our experiences for a while, it was, you know, okay, the experience of having little kids, and that's something we can all relate to. um, And there's maybe not as much of their individual story in there. And so yeah, just being really thoughtful Mm -hmm. about that. Um, And I am really thoughtful, definitely about not sharing any pictures or any stories trying to think about them in the future, would they be embarrassed Mm -hmm. by this or um, just any, I don't know, just like anything kind it, it has made me uncomfortable before. And you'll see this sometimes on like kind of the like, bigger mom Instagram feeds and things like that, like just pictures of kids being really upset or things Mm -hmm. like that. And that just always makes me very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because I feel like I wouldn't want a picture of myself as a, you know, crying Mm two-year-old out in the world. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. Um, Okay. So on the flip side, what are some personal policies that are things that you always do or almost always do on the positive side? Okay. My number one is always bring a book. Mm -hmm. I just, I think this goes to also identifying a value. I love to read. And so if I happen to have 10 minutes of waiting at the dentist office, I would rather be reading my Kindle or reading my book than scrolling on my phone. Mm -hmm. And I just think even if you know how your errands or outing is going to go, you just never know. And anytime I have not brought a book and this bites me, in the bum, I am so angry at myself that suddenly, oh, I'm waiting for this extra 30 minutes or I'm here early meeting a friend and I could be using this time for reading. So anyway, if I ever don't follow my policy, I'm super annoyed at myself. I like that. Similarly, I have, I always have more than one book going. Mm. Some people can't stand this. I find myself panicky and immediately not really? wanting to read the one book I have going if interesting. I if I don't have another option like interesting in the to wings. balance it out yeah That's because fascinating I, I do feel like reading is kind of moody like you Mm-hmm. You have to be in the mood for certain things or have the bandwidth for certain things. So that's why I like to have like a nonfiction book going, a fiction book that I can read at night, and then like usually an audio audiobook too, just depending mm-hmm. on the mood. And if I don't have those, I feel like my reading is very off when I don't have those things gotcha. like lined up. That's super interesting. Mm-hmm. I have now made the transition of having two books going at once, both like a Kindle or a physical book and then an audiobook. And I am so proud of myself. That before just sounded like too much to keep track of the plot lines and stuff, but definitely having them in different media. And then like you said, a nonfiction and a fiction. Yeah. It like you can keep track of it. It's like different parts of your brain. Yes. Using it. Yeah, totally. So my next one kind of similar to my first, but it's always bring a snack (laughs) for myself and for my kids. I, I hate being hungry, but also I just have this fear Not so much of, it's like a fear of like being hungry and then in a situation where I won't have any good options. And it's like, if if I'm hungry, I don't want to settle 
for something. Yeah. I want something good. And I can best ensure that if I bring my own food. I like it. <laughs> and so this especially comes up, um, especially when I used to work full time and would be at an office all day. I mean, I feel like I was bringing like a grocery sack of food <laughs> every day, like my morning snack, my lunch, my afternoon snack, maybe my other snacks to like stock in a drawer. Um, this definitely comes up whenever I travel both in the car or on a plane. I am bringing all the snacks. Uh-huh. Um, I am pretty good about following my policy of always bringing a snack for the kids. I think I probably need to do this just even more diligently, but it just a snack never makes a situation with kids worse. So and true. in fact, it can often save the day. So true. You know, like a granola bar can just be make or break. Is it, is it, it's at, at the least a distraction usually. Right. Exactly. And at, at best, like crashing blood sugar saving moment that, that turns exactly. around a lot of crabbiness. Yeah. Yes. Just throw, throw a bar in your bag. I love it. Um, okay. Another one for me is that more is more when it comes to entertaining and hosting. I've talked mm, about this one on the podcast great too, one. but that you do not, I, I think that when it comes to hosting other people and making people feel welcome, my personal policy is I would rather have extra of something that we can then have as leftovers the next day or, you know, too many white towels for guests than not enough. And I feel like it's like, it's more welcoming. It's also just... It makes me feel like a more calm host because I know that we have plenty. I love that. So that is, that is a policy. I love that. And I have really learned a lot from you as my hosting and decor mentor. So <laughs> I appreciate that. I can't wait to host again. Oh, I know. And travel oh with gosh. snacks. Both of those things. <laughs> travel with snacks. Yes. Both. Um, so my next personal policy is to dress for my style and my body and not to follow, pretty much not to follow fashion trends. Not to worry about the rest of it. No. I think as I was growing up and trying to figure out my style and all these things, you're just so bombarded, especially reading magazines mm -hmm. as a teenager and things and being shown what styles you should be into or what fashion should be. And it really took me a very long time to realize that it's not that I like don't like clothes or fashion or style, but I have kind of a narrow window of what I do like, like what I like a more classic look. I don't like having tons of options on in my closet. I don't particularly love to shop. Um, like, you know, to, to be up on the trends and things like that. And so I feel like in my thirties, that's something I've really been able to embrace and yeah, just kind of find my style and not to, not to stress out about clothes like, in that way. I like that. It feels really good. Um, okay. Mine is similar to your snack situation, but it's water. So I mm. always have water with me. I can be running to just like put gas in my car mm -hmm. and I have to bring water. And this definitely started with moving to the desert with being so thirsty all the time because yes. you just, there really is a difference. Like when people come visit, I'm like, no, you really do need to drink more water here. Like the yes. environment just takes it out of you. Um, and so I think just like noticing that and finding myself without water, like those first few weeks that we were here mm -hmm. and I just wasn't in that habit yet. I'm like, right in such a panic. I have to have water with me. It's, it's passed on to the girls where I like yep. always, I'm like, okay, where's your water? Like if we're even yep. just running some errands. Um, and so, yeah, which is good. I stay hydrated. Yeah, it is good. Okay. This is my last one. And that is to try to always send a sympathy card. Mm. Um, this is a policy I'm pretty good at. And I aspire to also be the person who always sends a birthday card. So I'm working on that one, but in terms of sending a sympathy card, just when someone has lost, lost a loved one or is going through a hard time, I can get stuck trying to decide what super nice, thoughtful thing to do for them. And sometimes I've gotten so stuck, I've let that time go by and actually haven't done anything, which is the exact opposite this is me. of my this is intention. What I, yeah, this is what I do and every that, time. And that ends up feeling so horrible. Mm -hmm. So I try to get a card in the mail, like at least a card to let the person know I'm thinking of them. And often that's, that's all you need to do. Just expressing that you're thinking about them. Mm -hmm. Um, you can always do something else in addition to that, but just getting that card in the mail feels so good. That. 
And let me tell you the, the key, the trick for this is that I have created this little, it's a little half size binder. I love my half size binders <laughs> and I keep it stocked with all kinds of greeting cards That's from Trader key. Joe's because they have great greeting cards. They're always coming out with new ones and they're 99 cents. Mm-hmm. So that way, if I need to send, send a sympathy card, I go right to that binder, pick one out. I've got my stamps right there. Love and so it. it's not even like an extra task. Like, oh, I got to go out and get a sympathy card. It's just ready to go. See, so the binder itself is a policy. You have decided once how you are going to have things on hand so that you you remove all these obstacles to this thing that you want to be good at doing. I love that. Yep. Yep. Um, Another one for me, and I've talked about this before on the podcast too, is that we spend Christmas at home. Mm. And this is like... Yeah, it just is. And so now there's no debate about are you are you coming to see us for Christmas? Mm-hmm. Are you, you know, traveling with the kids? Like we spend, it, we might travel right after or right before Christmas, right. but Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we will be spending at home. I love it. I do have one more. Fridays are for carry out. Oh, I love it. At least these days. Fridays are for yep. fun food of some sort, in my opinion. I love that. It might be that we put together, you know, a homemade pizza or we put some nachos in the oven, but Fridays are for carryout type food mm. and a happy hour for the grownups, you know? I love that. You know, that is something I wouldn't quite call it yet a personal policy, but I am moving that direction. And really it's been the pandemic. Yeah. Friday at the end of the week just needs something to look forward mm-hmm. to. Um, and I think I'd shared before it kind of was married with the, um, with the Friday shows that we would give the boys just pretty Mm -hmm. much unrestricted screen time on Friday afternoons, pair that with some takeout and not cooking and whoo, got a good end to the week. That's a game changer. And I will say too, I think what this also eliminates the whole, the making it a policy. Cause you're like, well, what's the big deal? I can just get carry out on Mm -hmm. Friday. Making it a policy, number one, takes care of one meal off of your mind that you know Mm -hmm. you don't have to cook for the week or plan for. It also eliminates the whole like guilt around like, should we order Mm -hmm. out or no, we have enough things here. It's like, no, this is just what we do on Friday. And we have budgeted and grocery shopped accordingly. And this is what we're doing. So, And you know what else? Then you can look forward to it. Yeah. Instead of this being like this thing that you get to Friday, nobody has energy to cook. You don't know what you want. You maybe could have cooked something, but the chicken's not defrosted or whatever it is. Yes. Instead of falling back on it. Yes. Plan it. Look forward to it. Plan it. There we go. Love it. Love it. Okay. So I would like to know if there are any personal policies that you've come to the hard way, maybe by not having one in place and then realizing you could have used a policy or a boundary or whatever you want to call it in that situation. Okay. Let me share two. The first is limiting my evening commitments. Mm. I am just not an evening person. I like to be in bed cozy with my Kindle by 8 PM. Mm Mm-hmm. And so with rare exception, <laughs> our, our book club being, uh, being one that definitely is worth being out past, past, you know, past 7 PM, but that's just not what I enjoy doing. I don't enjoy being up later. I found too, if I'm up later and doing things that are like really mentally stimulating, it takes me a long time to just like come down and mm-hmm. go to sleep after that, which means I'm not going to get as good of sleep. And what it goes together with is that morning is my favorite time of day. I am an early bird. I love getting up early, kind of getting a start on the day. Those are just when I feel like my best self. And so having too many evening commitments, even if they're not that late, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just like to be home, winding down. Um, And so, yeah, that can kind of help me if there is, I don't know, you know, whatever it might be, even like one of the kids maybe wants to play a new sport. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, we practice every Tuesday at 6 p.m. That feels too late for our family, Mm -hmm. you know, on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. So I just think things like that um, can help. And then definitely, I think we've talked about this before, but if I am going to have an evening commitment like our monthly book club, well, if I've already got that, that week, I shouldn't have anything else. Like if I'm going to have an evening commitment, mm-hmm. it should be one that yeah. week. So that that's helps all you I can just handle. be like super intentional about how you say yes to yes. things. Yes, exactly. And so, um, going right along with that, uh, just a very general policy. 
I cannot remember who said this phrase. It is so genius, but if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Mm -hmm. And this has definitely come up before when I have just overextended myself, sometimes even doing things that individually they excite me and are fulfilling, but taken all together, I do not have time for all that. And I'm not leaving room for the things that like fill me up and give me rest. So true. So true. And and so it's both, I think, looking what's already on my plate and just being really honest with myself mm-hmm. about knowing that I need a significant amount of recharge and unplanned, unplanned time. Mm-hmm. And two, that, yeah, if I'm not just super excited about it from first off, not going into it kind of like you mentioned out of just obligation. Yeah, yeah. Or because someone presented it in a way that maybe sounded appealing, but then... yeah. Right. One example that I will give from this is that I have enjoyed being involved just as as a general member in our PTSO, like our parent teacher student organization at the school. There is not a ton of participation. And so in past years, when it comes time to name who the leadership is Mm going to be, it feels very obvious, even though people aren't super pressuring me, but it just feels obvious. Like I'm one of the few just parents that are there. And so we have these openings. I'm an organized, capable person. Shouldn't (laughs) shouldn't I be stepping up? Exactly. And so I've been very proud of myself not putting my hat in the ring. I have felt that I might be willing to take on a small role next year, but just being honest about I'd be willing to take on a small role, but events aren't my thing. Doing any kind of big coordination isn't my thing. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, This is interesting because I think that mine has is related to that. Mm -hmm. I have just realized that one area that I had a hard time setting a boundary around, which is rare for me, was this idea of volunteering at school when the girls were going to public school. I think because I was a public school teacher, because I know Mm -hmm. how hard teachers work firsthand, um, because this was actually technically a strength of mine to like work with kids, to be in a school setting, I thought I should, and again, that's another red flag if the if the mm-hmm. word should is the reason, but I thought I genuinely should like volunteering and strangely enough did like volunteering when I was done teaching but before I had kids. Ah, uh, okay. And it turns out that through through many loathsome not even <laughs> not even many, like a couple of of just absolutely loathsome field trip volunteering opportunities Mm -hmm. where, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of parents that's like, okay, well, I'm just basically hanging out with my kids and a couple other kids, but I can't tell you how much I hate it like (laughs) to my core. And I think it's because as as someone who was a teacher, field trips were kind of stressful. Right. And I can't just like compartmentalize and focus on my little group and my kid. Like, and there's something a little bit weird for me. Like I don't really want to see my kid at school. Mm, interesting. Like, it's like this weird, like I'm super trusting. Like I know, worlds are colliding. Yeah, but now I love homeschooling, which it's all very strange. <laughs> but yeah, there is there is this weird thing where I feel like I'm not my best. My kids are not their best. It's not our mm. best connection point anyways. I think if it felt like they were super excited that I was there, right, it would be different, but they they definitely don't. Like mm-hmm. Vanessa especially does not like those worlds colliding. So then uh-huh. they're kind of like rude to me the whole time. <laughs> And I would just leave hot, sweaty, with a headache from being on the bus, like just so irritated. And then you have to come back an hour later and pick them up. Yeah. For, for the, so it's like, school. finally, I just said, I can make a policy around this and just tell them like, nope, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. volunteer for field trips. Turns out I was volunteering for a hell of a lot more than a field trip shortly. <laughs> right, right. But after the past school year, I just kind of decided that as a personal policy, like I will write a check. I will, you can mm-hmm. send things home and I will help. I will send in any multitude of donations from Costco, but I cannot be in a classroom (laughs) setting without being the teacher. It turns out. That's an important thing to know. And I will say we have an episode coming up later this year where we are going to, I bet so many people are relating to what you said. We have a whole episode coming up later this year. That's all about getting involved at school in the myriad ways that you can, but in ways that work for you. So Erica is going to bring more of her honesty and (laughs) wisdom to us. More of my my just say no-ness. I will say another one for me that I um, had to come about the hard way is the whole holiday 
uh, mm. situation. So if you're like, yeah. oh yeah, that sounds nice, but that's hard. It mm-hmm. is hard. And mm-hmm. I definitely came about it the hard way after a couple of pretty miserable Christmases, honestly, mm. and not mm. because anybody was trying to make us feel miserable, but yeah, flying back to Wisconsin when the weather is the worst, when the tickets mm. are most expensive, and then feeling like we never actually got Christmas. We were just like tagging along for everyone else's or trying to yep. make, maybe trying to make older traditions work now that we were all starting our own families. And me being the oldest, that was the hardest because I was the first one to start my family. And so right. it felt like... I was walking away from so much or, you know. Yeah. And so I I think that I came about that the hard way of, mm-hmm. of you know, experiencing a couple of miserable holidays and being like, you know, instead of just thinking <laughs> that this is the way it has to be. Right. What if we just made a policy? Yes. <laughs> and I so love we did. that. Um, okay. So sometimes we don't know we need a personal policy around something kind of like we said until a new, even maybe a, a new phase of life comes up, right? Like parenting or we're presented mm-hmm. with a new situation and we're not sure how to make choices in that area. Is there an area of your life currently like you, where you feel like you need to set up some more personal policies for yourself? This is a great question. So I have two sort of areas that occurred to me. One is as we are sort of starting to emerge from this pandemic, but still in this weird gray area. And especially at this time I shared on the last podcast where I've been vaccinated, Chris has been vaccinated, but it, anyway, some just policies around general life activities and socializing. Um, but it just still feels like we're making decisions with sort of incomplete or limited information. So I'm still feeling like every situation is making a new decision. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm, it just, it feels hard to even make personal policies. I think that's what I'm wanting to do. And what we've been able to do at some points, like, okay, we're not seeing anyone outside of our bubble. Okay. We are going to let our kids play outside with masks on. And it just feels like it's changing so much. Um, it has been hard almost to implement personal policies mm-hmm. because situations are just different enough that maybe that policy doesn't apply. Um, but I just do find myself as we've talked about before, just with kind of decision fatigue and just like, Oh, just yeah. like not wanting to think about it. So that one just feels tricky. Yeah, no, I agree. Still. We, we did talk about, I think one hard thing about this pandemic for me personally has been the inability to set, mm-hmm. to, yeah, set, the to just set personal boundaries that don't, that aren't so complicated. Right. They're all so much more complicated and need to be so much more nuanced and fluid right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and for someone who is decisive and doesn't typically have a hard time setting boundaries, that just mm-hmm. feels like I'm not being myself. You know what I right. mean? So I, yes. I agree with that one. Yes. My next one is around phone use. I try to be very intentional about when I have my phone out, when I'm on my phone, but I think just reflecting on kind of my current habits Basically, this past year, my news consumption, phone use went way up, Mm -hmm. both consuming news, wanting information, then wanting to stay in touch with people via the phone. Like even just social media suddenly Mm -hmm. felt like an actual way, the only way we could be social. Um, Plus just kind of being at home, feeling lonely and bored, turning to my phone more often. Then I think there's the aspect too of sometimes I want to get on Instagram to do things for our girl next door account. So that kind of feels like work, Mm -hmm. but then it's easy to get sucked into not work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I also don't have consistent, dedicated work time. Yeah. You know, where I know, okay, every day I'm going to get this time or every week I'm going to get this time. So then if it's if it's no time, it's all the time. Yeah, totally. You know, which is always an icky situation to be in. But I definitely know that I am more present, a better version of myself, a better mom when I'm on my phone less. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm needing to sort of just revisit that and yeah. make some personal policies for myself. I think that's really good to to acknowledge that like these can be these can change with new phases mm-hmm. of life. And I think even what you have the bandwidth for when your kids are tiny changes as they get older and you might want a new policy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's important to normalize like that you can set yep. a boundary and then change the boundary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. For me, I this is one that like I aspire to and I really – I don't know what is stopping me from making it a personal policy. I think it's because it's not about anybody else. It's about me. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and I'm real good at like drawing where drawing the line around <laughs> where I end and another person right. starts. Right. But when it's 
holding myself to a personal mm-hmm. policy that is harder for me in my rebel yep. tendencies. So I just want to make a policy that I move my body for 30 minutes every day, mm. period, intentionally, gotcha. right? right? Like mm-hmm. get my heart rate up for 30 minutes mm-hmm. every day or even not. Maybe it's yoga or stretching that, that may not include that. But right. 30 minutes of intentional activity every single day. Yep. And and I'm I'm aiming for every day because I'm such an all or nothing type person. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. also keeping it flexible enough saying like, okay, 30 minutes could be a walk or it could be right. yoga this day or it could be a hard workout, like mm-hmm. whatever it is. And I just I have such a hard time with this and I don't really yeah. know why because when I do it, I feel great and it feels rewarding. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So this is just, mm-hmm. I, I think even just as I was thinking about this episode, thinking of it as that, as a personal policy mm-hmm. that yeah. I just always do instead right. of this like rule or this should mm-hmm. might really help. So yeah, I was wondering about like timing of this because you like to have sort of guideposts, markers in your day. Mm-hmm. I like structure in my day right. and schedule, okay. like especially for the kids. Exactly. So you like structure. Um, I'm wondering about what about like before your evening shower? Yeah. Like between dinner and your shower. I'm just, I'm wondering if, if you need a more specific time to, so. an- to anchor this or maybe on sp- specific days. I don't know if that gets a little bit too much for you because maybe on Tuesday evenings when you have your mom evening, you don't want to use your evening time for exercising. Or maybe that's a time where you do a little bit more gentle yoga and stretching right? and don't feel like you have to gear yourself up for you know something right. more intense. But yeah, I wonder if or there's something like to pair it with, you know? I think it does have to be one of these things like where you say, you know, like you talk about having a book because that Mm -hmm. is a value in your life, but you have to do some strategic things to make sure that you have that. And I do that around other areas. I think I just so resist it with exercise Mm -hmm. that I don't know why, because I don't Mm -hmm. hate exercising. Right. Right. (laughs) But it's just the getting up and going. And, And I do think that there is a big cultural message about how exercise is punishment. Mm-hmm. And I am working really hard, even in therapy, to like shift that mindset where like this is just something I get to choose to do for mm-hmm. me. And it has nothing to do with what I ate. Mm-hmm. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do right. with a, right. a number on a scale or the way I look, but that it is just literally moving my body out of the sheer love of having a body that can move, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so that there's like this logistical issue. And then there's this like mindset shift where you're not just automatically resisting it because you think of it as punishment. Yeah. Even subconsciously, you know? So yeah, that's a therapy session all in itself, but that is, (laughs) there you go. That is where I feel like just having some personal policies, like you said, like even maybe Mm -hmm. it's, I lay out my workout clothes in the same spot so that I never have the excuse of, I don't have a sports bra or I don't have, you know what I mean? Like you'll find all of these reasons to not do it. That's kind of something I was thinking about. There might be some high fives to your future self Mm -hmm. here. I almost do love that idea of somewhere in your room or in a particular drawer where you have your little bundle of of workout clothes and like as soon as you put on the workout clothes you reset the bundle yeah so that yeah. you always know that those are ready to just put on right there like everything you need to work out is right there mm-hmm. removing as many barriers as possible i would say too something that has almost helped me working out at home which i am not super enjoying even just picking out what workout i'm going to do so that when I'm ready to work out, I'm not scrolling to see which workout I'm, it's already just ready to go. Mm-hmm. As like much that. as I can just get myself going, let's just get it done. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So right. I think there's well, a lot re- of policies report, built. Report back if you find some things that I will. work. I will. All right. Let's move on to what you are currently obsessed with. Okay. I am obsessed with these I think you called them before, like telephone wire hair ties. I'm like playing with mine as as we're recording. Yes. So in a particular brand of this, which is really fun to say, is Invisibobble. Mm -hmm. Invisibobble. I just can't say it enough. Anyway, I think when I was looking for one of these, it was recommended. I got them. I absolutely love them. So The way that these are different from a regular hair tie is that they do not leave creases Mm -hmm. in your hair, Mm -hmm. which is, I didn't even know that that was possible. It's amazing. 
They're really great for putting your hair up in like a top knot. Um, I will say these I have found not always to be strong enough for like exercising or running. Although I think they have specific fitness ones that I haven't tried Mm. yet. So that could be an option, but anyway, I'm just loving them and it just feels better for your hair. Like it's, it's holding it securely, but not as tight. Um, so I feel like it's not ripping as many hairs. It's actually more flattering too, because your hair is not like when you put it in a ponytail or a, um, messy bun and it looks like too cinched and tight, you know how that's not the cutest look? Exactly. Exactly. That's more like a little like smokestack situation. Yeah. It keeps it like a little, a little looser and more natural looking. Yep. I love it. Okay. Our, my obsession is our new garden. Oh, really? So we, yeah, Jeremiah built us a raised garden bed. It is way too deep because we weren't thinking about the fact that we could raise it up to like, you know, hip height, but not fill it completely with dirt. Gotcha, right. (laughs) So we wanted it up off the ground for many reasons, but... I don't know. It's got so much dirt. We could grow like a a, a small tree. (laughs) We we should. We should do some root vegetables. But we have some vegetables in there. We have tomatoes, peppers. um, What else? A bunch of herbs. It's like a a three foot by five foot area. And we're doing all this. I'm doing some research because I have really missed gardening from the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't super into like veggie gardening there, but I did a lot with flowers. And it's super exciting, too, because we are doing it as an as a homeschool unit for the girls. They are helping and we're doing it in conjunction with this plant unit that we're doing for fourth quarter for homeschool. So we planted it because this was the time to plant all the seedlings in March. Um, And then we're going to get to watch them grow. They're in charge of taking care of it with me. Um, We get to learn all about plants firsthand and then hopefully have some some good veggies by like mid-June. So I'm excited. Yeah, that is so fun. Okay, how about neighborhood news? Do you have any neighborhood news for me? I have some male-related neighborhood news. Okay. So living in these big subdivisions, we have those, you know, metal banks of mailboxes, Mm -hmm. which is different for me from when I grew up where we had the mailbox at the end of the sidewalk, you know, and you go in front of of your own house. Yeah lift the little flag when you have mail. When I first arrived here, I had never used that kind of mailbox before. And I think what what made a big difference is at my very first job, there was someone there and she told me that you couldn't send mail through these mailboxes. Oh, uh-huh. And I, I had never used these mailboxes and she told me that. I was like, oh, well, that must be true. Well, then it probably took a few years. Somehow I figured out, no, actually it works both ways. You receive (laughs) and send mail, but you just, you know, set it in there and then they'll see it, the mail carrier, and they'll take it. Well, more recently, um, I have tried to send a couple of cards and it would just keep being there and we'd keep like bringing it in with our mail and I was just like kind of getting annoyed. And also like they didn't look close at it. You think and thought it was just like mail you hadn't picked up yet. Right. Okay. And so I've, you know, and I always try to set it like very straight, like right there at the front. So they'll see it. And also I was also thinking, you know, I always remember our mail person at Christmas, try to send a little (laughs) gift. So I'm like, come on, help me. why aren't you taking my mail? So what I finally did, I was like, okay, I've got to get to the bottom of this. Maybe I can't send mail this way. Am I doing it wrong? Mm -hmm. So I wrote a little note and put it on my letter and just said, you know, this hasn't gotten picked up. So I just wanted to make sure I'm doing it the right way. Just let me know. And our mail person, it's a woman, she wrote me back the nicest note. And she just said, what really helps is if you put it with the stamp facing the outside so I can see the uncanceled stamp. Whereas for me, I was thinking, oh, if she sees my address stamp and sees that, no, this is my address, Wharton, you see that you want to take it away. Right. It was very enlightening. And now I know how to send mail. So put the stamp facing the outside. Good to know. I feel like, well, for us, I go to the post office pretty much weekly with orders for Cactus So you just drop stuff off. Yeah, so I never really send mail out. But that's good to know. Yeah. So there you go. Good to know. 
This is like, that was like a neighborhood PSA. Thank you for that. It really, it really was. And I had a nice little, you know, my, our letter carrier and I interact every year. I'll leave a little Christmas Mm -hmm. gift in there. She'll send me a little thank you card. Now we have this little correspondence, but we've never like really talked in person. That's so cute. I love it. Um, Okay, so I just have a cute, this is like a virtual neighborhood news. So our, we talked about this in our best spouse, worst spouse episode about how your husband is just like the jack of all trades. Like he, (laughs) he goes hard into a hobby and he like has done a ton of research and whatever. So Jeremiah has gotten into woodworking too, because he's just like, it's just so practical. Like there's so many things Mm. I could make, you know, you need a shelf, you need whatever. Um, And so he's gotten into some, you know, he's gotten some power tools. And he's really gotten into a few things. He built the garden box. You know, he built, he's building a cornhole set um, this weekend, actually. So he, it was like, he got like this basic level and then he needed like a little more advice Mm -hmm. about like, okay, what else to invest in next? Or like, what is important to have? So him and Chris set up this little Zoom happy hour (laughs) and Chris picked his brain about getting your internet working good and like out at the studio. Yes. And he picked Chris's brain about woodworking and it was just so, (laughs) I, this is so bad of me and they're probably like, this is so dumb. Stop it. But I like, I get this like secret giddy, like a mom who's like proud of their kid on a play date. Like I get so excited when our has a friend. Yeah, like when our husbands collide. Like I kind of like <laughs> yes. listen in a little bit, and it's just cute to me to hear this. Like ext- just because you and I talk so much, and we text throughout the week, and we're yes. you know we're we're all the time processing life together, and so it's just right. funny when they're like <laughs> you know talking through creative projects together and stuff. I just think it's cute. Exactly, so. it is adorable. I love it. <laughs> all right, I think that is all that we have. It's not all that we have. I have lots to say on this topic. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to say today. It's all we're going to say today. But thank you so much for listening. We would love to also hear about some of your personal policies, listeners, because I do feel like it gives people ideas to hear Mm -hmm. or read on Instagram. Like, oh, I could just say no to that every time. Like it's like permission giving. So do share. Join the conversation over on Instagram. We are High Girls Next Door. Um, you can find our Girl Next Door podcast page on Facebook. And as always, you can send us an email at highgirlsnextdoor at gmail.com and find the show notes with all the links for this episode and all of our episodes at girlnextdoorpodcast.com. Thanks so much for dropping in. Until next time, be neighborly. Be neighborly.